Filthy Henry and the Impossible Victim, Chapter 16. There was a song that Filthy Henry could never recall the name of for some reason, even though it had a fairly obvious title that involved raindrops falling on a man's head. Right now, he felt like the guy in that song, with the small change that in place of raindrops, the fairy detective had fireballs, lightning bolts and what appeared to be exploding spheres of multicoloured letters raining down on him. As soon as Shelley had screamed, Filthy Henry quickly rolled off Dean Kecht and underneath the wooden table in the room. The table was then kicked, punched and lifted over, so that it fell on its side and created a very flimsy barrier to hide behind. Without magic, he was going to have to rely on a sizable amount of luck to get through the next few minutes. A spray of flames burst over the edge of the table, and the entire wooden object was shoved back from multiple impacts. The fairy detective made sure that every part of his body was behind the barrier, just in case of a stray shot. Lying on the ground was Diane Kecht, the knife protruding from his stomach. Get up, you lazy idiot, Filthy Henry said through gritted teeth, as another volley of magical exploding letters smashed into the table and moved it along the floor. You've crossed the line today, Dagda roared into the room. You'll not leave that room alive. Filthy Henry had been in a no-win situation before. Countless times, in fact. Only a few months prior he had escaped from a group of vampires who wanted nothing more than to rip him limb from limb. But all of those times he had access to his magic and right now he was beginning to see why training without otherworldly abilities might not be the worst thing to start doing. I didn't kill him, Filthy Henry shouted back between volleys. Another powerful lightning bolt, sparks brightening the room for an instant, shook the table and forced it, along with the fairy detective, back across the floor a few more inches. Soon he would be pinned against the wall. No escape. No windows to try and dive through. Things were looking bleak. Dian Kecht groaned a little, but did nothing more. Ah, you've got to be kidding me, Filthy Henry said to the healing god. What about that whole physician heal thyself lark? By now the table had started to flame, which surprised Filthy Henry a little on an academic level. Why would a god create something that was not indestructible? Not that he would have a whole lot of time to study this new information, as it was highly likely the next attack was going to split the wood barrier in two. Glancing around the room, Filthy Henry saw nothing else that could be used for protection. The chairs would only buy him a few more seconds. The bed, probably even less. For a brief moment of madness, he considered trying to dodge the attack spells as they flew towards him. The idea was quickly discarded, as it would have only been a matter of time before he got unlucky or the gods used a spell with a bit more bang. What he needed was something invincible. Filthy Henry looked at Dian Kecht, still lying on his back with the knife in his stomach, and smiled. Sure, why not, he said. The fairy detective waited for the short lull between fireball volleys and dove out from behind the table towards the healing god. With a bit of elbow grease, he propped Dian Kecht up into a sitting position, then cowered behind the god's back. Probably best if you open your eyes now, Filthy Henry hissed at the healing god. A fiery, giant letter F whizzed by, crashing through the table and exploded on the exact spot that had been home to Filthy Henry's bum mere moments before. 
Dean Keck groaned and rubbed at his eyes. The fairy detective made sure to keep a firm grip on the healing god's robes to prevent any sudden exposure of his half-blood body to Dagda and Ogma. What's going on? Dean Keck asked. Oh, uh, just that I'm in the kitchen and really want to get out of it now, Filthy Henry said. What? Dean Keck asked, looking over his shoulder at the fairy detective. Kitchen. Eat. Can't stand it. Not getting it? The healing god surveyed the damaged and smouldering remains of what was his cell, then slowly looked out the doorway at Dagda and Ogma. His gaze fell on the fireballs that they had created, but held in their hands. What's going on? Seriously now? That half-wit stabbed you. We thought you were dead and he'd been taken over by Balor or Brez, or one of those dark ones. But you seem fine, Dagda said. Filthy Henry risked peering around Dian Keck's shoulder. Can I uh, come out and explain myself now? He asked. It might help to calm these hotheads down, Shelley said into the room. For whatever reason, Shelley could not be seen through the doorway. Only the gods were visible, even though the doorway opened up to reveal a sizable amount of Ogma's study. Fireball's away now. That's a good pair of deities, Filthy Henry said. Plus, magically exploding alphabet soup. Ogma, let's all be friendly. Watch your manners, Shelley said. Both Dagda and Ogma made their spells vanish in little puffs of multicoloured smoke and walked up so that they both stood just outside the cell. Ogma adjusted the glasses on the end of his nose and looked down at Dian Kecht with great interest. Dagda, on the other hand, was staring so hard at Filthy Henry that the fairy detective felt like a hole was being bored through his skull. It was the look Filthy Henry had seen fathers give their unruly children when some serious explaining was needed to avoid a belt slap across the backside, the sort of slap that made sitting down comfortably impossible for days afterwards. This had better be good, the chief of the gods said. Filthy Henry stood up and stepped around to stand beside Dean Kecht. He offered the healing god a hand so that he could get up from the floor. See, I got to thinking about Meek's supposed murder, Filthy Henry said. After we borrowed one of Ogma's pages to replay the event, I noticed that the blade was just a blade. A uh, bog standard, run of the mill, nothing special about it, blade. Not magically enchanted, or something with an awesome name straight out of legend like sunburned Irish. It was just a simple kitchen knife. So? All three gods asked at the same time. So you lot are practically indestructible. Sure, if you hammered each other from dusk till dawn with fireballs you'd fall over. But that's more just from being battered and exhausted, not actual damage. Weakened, definitely, but nothing you couldn't heal from given a few weeks, or a handy god of healing. Even if a death-inducing wound was caused, you appeared to just get knocked out, like some sort of godly preservation mechanism. One that, I'll admit, I knew nothing about until Dian Kecht here decided to take a brief nap during my show-and-tell. So as long as there are people in the world, you gods will exist, even if it is in a less powerful state due to diminishing true believers. But you are gods nonetheless, dreamt up by mortals to be around forever. Immortals. Maybe not always the flavour of the month, but not going anywhere soon either. This is getting a little long-winded, Dagda said, gesturing with his hand in a circular motion. Time to wrap things up. Filthy Henry gave a dramatic flourish with his hands and bowed mockingly. Patience, O oh great one, he said. 
My point is that you lot will no doubt be the last beings on earth before the sun swallows it whole. So how could Miak have been killed by a normal kitchen knife? How could he have been stabbed by one? How could there be any knife wounds left behind in his body? Dian Kecht pointed at the knife sticking out from his stomach. Know your evidence, the healing god said. How about you know your wounds, Filthy Henry replied. Typically, a knife wound would result in some blood coming out of it, even if it was the orange colour of godly blood. Yet you seem to be fine. You're not bleeding at all, Dagda said. The chief of the gods reached over and gripped the handle of the knife firmly in his pudgy hands. He slowly started to pull it out from Dean Keck's stomach, keenly staring at the blade as it appeared like a cheap magic trick. There was no blood on its metal surface, not even a single drop of orange. As the tip of the blade appeared, all that was left behind in Dean Keck's stomach was a slit, as if he were made from rubber that had merely been holding the blade in place. After a second, the slit wobbled and popped out, to reveal a wound-free area where once a knife had been. Mayak is still alive, Filthy Henry said, as all three gods stared at the blade in disbelief. Dagda, Ogma and Filthy Henry left the cell and walked over to Ogma's desk, where his pen had continued writing like a pen literally possessed. Dian Kecht brought a chair over to the doorway and sat down, still inside his cell. You can come out here, Dagda said to him. Follow or be damned. I've been playing his game long enough. Shelley could not see his head clearly from her current spot, but Dean Kecht made a calming gesture with his hands that was clearly visible. No, no, Dean Kecht said. Whatever game is being played, we need to be the ones to follow the rules at least. I'm just delighted that someone has figured out that Miak is still alive. Truly it's the most amazing news after this past few days. He's alive? Shelley said. Yep, Filthy Henry replied, as he watched over Ogma's shoulder. Alive and kicking somewhere, because you can't kill a god with a knife, even with a magical one. You'd have trouble. Is there any way we can speed up this? This last question had been aimed at Ogma, who was busy lining up his floating sheets on the desk. The tome had levitated up off the table, pen still scribbling furiously of its own accord to clear some space. Each of the sheets lay flat on the wooden surface. Around the god of writing's head, more pages appeared, bursting into view in an explosion of magical words and letters that drifted away in the air. These new pages dropped down to join their brothers and sisters. Do you want it done right or do you just want it done? Ogma asked the fairy detective. I just want it done this decade, Filthy Henry said. We don't all get to waste time by being immortal, you know. Ogma looked up from his pages and stared Filthy Henry directly in the eye. Shelley thought that the god's expression was one that suggested he knew something other people did not. Don't we? Ogma replied. Just get on with it and stop yammering, Dagda said, summoning his black cauldron from nowhere. He reached into the empty container, pulled out a roast chicken, which he began to munch on immediately. Um, Shelley said. Nobody paid her any attention. They were all focused on the pages of Ogma, or at least in Dagda's case, 50% on the pages and the rest on the chicken. They had all leaned over the table, obscuring the pages from her vantage point. If there had been anything nearby to grab and throw at one of their heads, particularly Dagda's, 
She would have done it without second thought. There, see, Filthy Henry said, stabbing a finger down at one of the pages. Ogma freaked out and slapped the fairy detective's hand away. You were only allowed to touch them once, the god of writing said. Nobody is allowed to touch them, ever. Not even Dagda. Tell him, O oh great and powerful one. Dagda shrugged. It's true. He gets very protective of them. Filthy Henry pointed at the page once more, taking care to not touch it again. There, see? You've the very last thing he did on earth written down. You know, you really should get an assistant or something that can read these books of yours. And we could use him as a search engine or something. A what engine? Dagda asked, polishing off the chicken and sending its carcass back into the black cauldron. He means like on a computer, Shelley said. I don't get what you're trying to show us at all, Dagda said as he read the page Filthy Henry had pointed at. It just shows Miok left here on the day of his murder. A parent, Filthy Henry said. A parent murder, Dagda corrected. He arrived in Lucan and was stabbed by somebody who looked like Dion Kecht. Yeah, and this fake Dion was a mortal, a human who just happens to look exactly like our healing god over there. So much that Ogma was unable to spot the difference between the real and the fake, even though he wrote about both Dians. Well, I write about a lot of people with the same name, Ogma said, looking slightly abashed. Did you not think to check if you were writing about the exact same person doing something in two different places at the same time? Filthy Henry asked. Ogma opened his mouth to speak, paused for a moment, then closed it again. Exactly. But more importantly, you don't seem to mention where Miok was during his teleport down. These pages are meant to document everything that goes on in Dagda's realm eventually, right? The fairy detective asked. Dagda nodded. True. And that is why we know he is dead, because he is no longer in my realm. The fairy detective stood upright and smiled that smile. Shelley had seen him use mainly to annoy other people with his smugness. No. You just know he isn't in your realm. Not that he's dead. Do you see what happens in Ballard's domain at all? Dagda went to answer, then just stood there, his mouth open, clearly stumped. No, is the answer he's looking for, Ogma said. You mean you think that Miak is being held down in Ballard's underground castle thing, alive? Shelley asked. Exactly, Filthy Henry said. But more than that, I reckon I know how they did it. Wait a second. Where are you, Shelley? Dagda, despite being a godly entity, went a bright shade of embarrassed red as all three of them standing around Ogma's desk looked up at the ceiling. There they saw Shelley as she floated in the air, bumping along the book-built roof like a helium balloon in a shopping centre. How'd you get up there? Filthy Henry asked. She kept getting in the way when we were trying to incinerate you, Dagda said, gesturing wildly with his hands. So I figured I should put her out of harm's way until we had resolved the issue. By turning me into a living balloon, Shelley said. Dagda waved his hand at her and brought her back down to ground level. I'm a very preoccupied deity. Sure even the big guy forgot what he was doing on the seventh day and just stayed in bed. Happy to once again have ground beneath her feet and not merely beneath her, Shelley shot a dirty look at Dagda. She walked around the table to stand beside Ogma and started to read what the others had been reading. 
but I still don't get it, she said. This all just tells us what we already know, that he went down to earth and was killed in Lucan. Filthy Henry crossed his arms and grinned. Not exactly. I have a little experiment I want to try, but I need Dagda to volunteer for it. Volunteer for what now? The portly god said. I need you to step outside the tower and teleport down to earth for a minute, then back up again. But while you're doing that, Ogmahir will cast a spell for me so I can watch my theory in action. Dian Keck shifted his seat from inside his cell so that he could lean against the wall and still see everything that happened in Ogma's study. Are you sure about him being alive? The Heenan God asked. I mean, really sure? The fairy detective gave an almost imperceptible nod. Ogma, Phil the Henry said, I need you to create a map of the realm of the gods on Earth, an interactive one. It just needs to show little dots that represent all of us in the tower here and when we go down to Earth as well. Plus any magical, mystical layers in between the two. You got it? The god of writing pushed his spectacles up on his nose and stepped around from behind the table. With both hands raised in front of him, he wiggled his fingers, causing little magical letters to appear in the air and spread out. A golden light filled the room as a map of Ireland appeared a few inches above the floor of the study. This was followed rapidly by clouds and towers conjured above the map, the realm of the gods. In what was clearly Ogma's tower, there were five little blue dots, pulsing ever so slightly in the golden constructs. Will that do you? Ogma asked, looking over his shoulder at the fairy detective. Well, it could be prettier, but we can't all have magical powers to waste now, can we? All right, fat man. Do your thing, Filthy Henry said. The chief of the gods snorted and left the study, walking down the book stairs. As he moved, the little dot within the map moved as well, matching his position step for step. Filthy Henry walked over to the map and stared at it intently. Filthy Henry, The Impossible Victim is book two of the Filthy Henry series by Derek Power. This completely free audiobook version was narrated by Niall Milton. Other Filthy Henry books are available to buy on Amazon Kindle.